wind and narcissism. Flower drum songs in the Greek contest work its real world versions, stages of competition as much of racial and national ideology as of beauty. The claim that notions of female beauty turn on racial standards, however, is simultaneously assumed, ignored, and under theorized. What is beauty in the Turning to the overly aestheticized figure of Nancy Kwan, the other beauty in this love competition I take up here as she is beauty. It's song, seduction, and excess in relation to the racial imaginary. Like most visual transactions, film is a medium infected by spectacular politics and narcissism. Its built-in look at newness produces a structural politics of the age. Who is watching who? Who is performing for whom? So it is not surprising that a cross country production of ethnic spectacle would be obsessed with the question of beauty. What constitutes to be looked at this and what constitutes unseemliness? Wong Ta's erotic choice between the sexy Linda Lowe and the ethereal Man Yi is thematized as an aesthetic dilemma, which in turn implicates moral and racial standards. In the history of Hollywood, beauty is very specifically linked to whiteness and its very various significance. Longness, certain bodily features such as long legs, large wide set eyes, and so on. As Richard Dyer points out, the codes of glamour lighting in Hollywood were developed in relation to white women, to endow them with a glow and radiance that corresponds to the transcendental rhetoric. Whiteness, Dyer reminds us, is indeed color, and the predominant color of feminine beauty. For years, yellow face remained a Hollywood tradition. Caucasians, from Marlon Brando to Captain Hepburn, have played Asians on screen. In spite of the omissions of ethnic differences, Flower Drum Song was and is still astounding in its insistent display of the Asian body. It remains the first and only Hollywood production to have this claim. How then did Hollywood in 1961 make palatable those bodies normal and not allowed them to make a vision? How do we consider as visually gratifying those bodies usually framed as abject? Right away, we can think of two answers. One can either remake that alien body over as much as possible in the image of whiteness. Or one can make that alien body so exotic and other that it can be admired as such. Here we have the two poles of beauty, beauty as norm, standard, and beauty as exoticism. Although one can easily see the figurations of Linda Lowe and Ray Lee as representing the two alternatives, I want to propose in what follows that the already culturally coded figure of Nancy Kwan Linda Lowe embodies a phantasmatic promise of substitutable whiteness and exoticism, thereby disturbing the security of that binarism, even as it offers the complacent pleasure of having it both ways. Double promise that raises a set of questions about distance and approximation in the topography of racial imagination. Elaine Scary has pointed out that beauty performs a kind of radical decentering 
by unselfing the spectator. I would add that this radical decentering is not a moment of unselfing, but a double movement of unselfing and selfing. That is, I argue, the prospect of beauty solicits and enacts in the viewer, even when the view is itself, the desire that is a form of identification and alienation already at work in the youthful imagining. A negotiating agent between familiar and exotic beauty whether it is about witnessing it or having it, interiorizes for the subject of the gaze, a topography of distance, and as such, it enacts a synchronous process of identification and estrangement, which remains central to, yet always destabilizing, the notion of racial difference. A material girl with all her bourgeois and economic sensibilities, Linda Lowe, played by Nancy Kwan, is coded by the movie both visually and verbally, as white. How much the actress and the character can assent to or be consumed by that coding remains to be examined, but I will begin by be looking at what is at stake in this curious whitening in the first place. Diagetically categorized as the quintessential LLD, long-legged vein, Kwan's body is continually glamorized as a Western body. In the movie's most famous scene, we find Linda Lowe in front of a three-way mirror, entranced by her own individuality. In the I enjoy being a girl number, Linda serenades herself in a tribute to her own beauty and femininity. The most obvious things to notice are how insistently white the room is, how white the furnishings and the towel that covers her body are and how at ease she is in Western fashion. In this literal white setting, Linda proceeds to put on a fashion show worthy of a salon in Paris, the preeminent stage of the European bilingual femininity. Indeed, the only time in the movie that Linda gives a live performance, the only time she fails to be a success in her gender, is when she puts on a Chinese dress. At Wong Ta's college graduation party, Linda crashes the soiree with a fake brother in tow in a preemptive effort to introduce herself as Wong Ta's fiance and his father, the old patriarch Wang Xi Yang. As for the first time in the traditional Qi, Linda tries to act Chinese with miserable results. When her overeager companion fills the night and may leave the innocent asks, in incense, do you wear it to keep away the evil spirits? The actress and Linda cannot resist the opening of her lips. Oh no, to attract them. That is, even the tightly stitched chikao cannot prevent the main rest of her from coming out. Much to the consternation of everyone around her, including herself, the real Linda keeps resurfacing. Just seconds after this initial faux pas, Linda commits her second blunder when, asked by her younger brother if she knows the song You Be the Rock, she once again answers the call of Hollywood and launches into song and dance. An incurable performer, Linda must always respond to the call of exhibition. She continuously exposes her worst shortcomings by displaying herself, foreshadowing her later and more fatal exposure in the strip act. The 
problem is when the laws boast her American voice, her irrepressible energy, her independence, living alone and leaving the outline of a pseudo-guardian, her economic desires, her affinity for rock and roll, her love of being seen. The plot tells us that for one time, a respectable Chinese boy, to marry a Linda Vaughan would indeed to be low, to lower himself, to taint the purity of his Chinese background. According to Wang Xinyang, the patriarch of the Wang family, Chinese purity can be preserved only through marriage with a real Chinese girl from China. The part represented by Linda Lo and the working girl, who is all too American and white, turns out to be the threat of interracial relations itself. Insofar as the vocabulary of racial purity applied to prohibition against miscegenation and historically directed against African Americans has played a significant role in American thinking about segregation and race relations through the 19th and 20th centuries. This movie affects curious displacement whereby Chinese masculine insistence on racial purity is allied with white masculine insistence on racial purity. This alliance, however, has its limits. It in fact serves to unveil the potential threats of Chinese masculinity, since the preservation of Chinese racial purity would also sequester the Chinese away from the white world, literally just outside of Chinatown. Thus, even as the movie diegetically sees old Chinese ways as old-fashioned and a hindrance to successful American assimilation, it also privileges those ways in order to redraw the boundary of Chinatown limits that are threatened not by being who breaks into Chinatown, but by assimilating characters like Madame Liang and Linda Lo, who do not understand the division between the world within Chinatown and the world without. Thus, the reification of Chinese patriarchal ideals serves to close off yet again the borders of Chinatown. Just as Mei Li's entry into America is marked by stealth, so is that white world's entry into Asia and America marked as transgression. For the one white character actor who appears in this movie is a faith who holds up Wang Qiyang, the old Chinese patriarch, in front of a bank. The boundary separating America and Asian America is once again underscored, where the only crossing imaginable is one of theft and transgression. This small incident also highlights the movie's underlying enmity between white and Chinese masculinities in spite of their seeming alliance at the level of patriarchal values. In the end, social order is restored and community confirmed by two appropriate marriages. The westernized nightclub owner, Sammy Wong, who speaks in perfect 1950s hipster slang marries the equally westernized Linda Lo, while Wang Tao, in order to marry Mei Li, must announce his willingness to lose his citizenship. As Wang Tao promised to do, 